Hello, friends. How's it going? Welcome to the podcast. Before we get started with our show today, let me remind you about a couple partners of the podcast. First up, Prepped Ready Meals. Prepped and Ready, they offer healthy meals delivered straight to your door. All you have to do is pop them in the microwave. They're good to go. They deliver in all of metro Atlanta area. They just partnered with a fitness app called Fit Genie to make deliveries even easier. Go to PreppedReadyMeals.com. Use code BINGE10 at checkout for 10% off your order. That's B-I-N-G-E-1-0 for 10% off your order. Everybody loves healthy meals. Everybody loves meal planning. Well, now you can do it all in one. Go check these guys out. Support them again one more time at binge10 at checkout, preppedreadymeals.com. Our other friends are our friends over at Rebel Boudoir. Have you ever wanted that boudoir session and needed the little nudge to finally do it? Well, now you do. Our listeners will get an automatic discount of $100 off their session fee when they book a session with Jillian at Rebel Boudoir. These sessions make an awesome, unique gift for your wedding day, anniversary, birthday, or it's just an excuse to rock that bod you've got. Go check out Jillian's work for reference on her Instagram at Rebel Boudoir or her website, RebelBoudoirStudio.com. Mention us in your inquiry to get that discount. It's a great investment and an experience you definitely won't forget. And now, welcome to the show. What up? Episode one, Binge Boys Podcast. Mitch and Matt are here. Welcome, boys. How are we? How was your weekend? What's popping? Uh, oh, not too much. Not My much. sister got engaged, so that was cool. Your sister got engaged. Oh. Yeah, shouts to, to Mallory and Paris doing the darn thing. Paris, what a badass name! Yeah, dude, he's a cool That's guy. <clears throat> I would hope so. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not. I don't gotta lie anymore. It's the honest truth. Okay, very good. Love that for you. What up? What up, Mitch? What up? What up? Uh, <laughs> nothing much is going on with me, man. You know, just uh, living, living life. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. Um. Before we get started, big shouts to uh, Cousin Schaefer. Him and his wife, Paige, uh, gave birth to their second child today. Um, What's the name again? (laughs) Just kidding. Uh, (laughs) Knox. K-N-O-X. That's a good strong name as well. Strong name. Uh, Beautiful baby boy. Everything's healthy. Everything's good. Congrats to my cousin and his wife. Uh, on the child, big um, shouts. Big shouts. Uh, nowhere near that. Nor engagement. <laughs> so uh, we 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 chilling. Um, few programming notes before we get started. Go follow Binge Boys Podcast on Instagram. Get us up there. A thousand followers would be nice, but I'm going to start small. Let's get to 500 first. You know, tell your friends. That's that's how people hear about things. You know how every time you go and meet up with someone you haven't seen in a while it's always like oh you haven't seen this show yet you got to start this show well you got to do the same thing but with this pot because then this will propel people further forward in their show watching 
people will know what to watch. So you're basically doing them a favor here. Follow it on Instagram. Uh, people have been asking me what's up with the binge media Twitter and Instagram accounts. They're the uh, the pro- the profile pictures on both uh, were changed to under construction last night. Uh, that's because um, turns out there's already another binge media in the world. <laughs> Ooh. So uh, we had to rebrand. Um, I spent the weekend thinking about what the next iteration, I guess, would be of the overarching umbrella, and uh, I've got it. Shouts to Turner and Catherine and Megan for helping me with the name and the logo idea. Logo? Logo idea. <laughs> um, Watchdog Media. That Ooh. is the future. Uh, shouts to... Uh, God damn it. I didn't have his name ready uh, for making the logo. Uh, I'm going to have him on one of my other pods at some point, interview him and talk to him about his artwork. He's really great. Um, Fuck. I'll plug him at some point soon. Actually, I could just pull it up right now. This is unedited, folks. Ricky Prosper, fellow ATL fellow ATL uh, inhabitant. I did not know until I DM'd him. Um, But yeah, shouts to Ricky for, for making the the puppy got a cu- cute little puppy logo uh and uh yeah that's that's the, that's the explanation nothing crazy i just didn't want to approach uh you know doubt that it would happen but legal problems in the future if if anything ever took off you know if this thing ever becomes a conglomerate i wouldn't want somebody barking down my neck saying that i'm taking their name so i decided to pivot hopefully there's not a watchdog media out there or we're gonna rebrand again. Yeah. <laughs> just cut out. Yeah, right, I might as well so just you, do it. I mean, do it again. How many companies out there rebrand just for the sake of rebranding? I mean, I'm sure companies do it all the time. Like, I mean, you know. Yeah. So, so why not? Why can't I? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so that's the sitch. Watchdog Media. Love me. Everybody loves dogs. So. Support these dogs, the watchdogs. Oh, I um, love that. Uh, <laughs> guys, uh, we'll do what we always do. We'll we'll hit some hot topics right off the bat, and then we'll talk about some other things at length. But first off, uh, we've got um, we've got a couple series that were announced, all in the superhero realm. Uh, it was announced that James Gunn will write and direct. A uh, a Peacemaker series that stars John Cena. Peacemaker is a character in the upcoming uh, Suicide Squad movie that uh, Warner Brothers and DC are, are making. Not to be confused with Suicide Squad that came out two years ago. No, this is the Suicide Squad. Uh, a reboot, um, but still using some of the same characters. You can't. You can't be doing this. You can't be confusing the viewers. No. But either way, John Cena, they are so confident in um, in John Cena's portrayal of this character that they have given him an eight-episode series written and directed by James Gunn. Specifics are scarce, but the streaming service confirms that it will be an origin of the peacemaker, the, quote, master of weapons, a man who believes in peace at any cost, no matter how many people he has to kill to get it. Yeah. Um, Love, love that for him. Uh, the series is scheduled to begin production in early 2021. 
Uh, right before Gunn turns his attention to production on the third Guardians of the Galaxy film. Gentlemen, do you think this is uh, do you think this is uh, jumping the gun a little bit? No pun intended with the name, but uh, oh. do you think this is jumping the gun, or do you think that, uh, or do you think that do you trust James Gunn in his uh, vision? I think I trust James Gunn. I mean, him working with wrestlers in a superhero property worked out well for uh, Drax and uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy. So if you can get that specifically good, I mean. I'm interested. I don't trust uh, DC with this kind of somewhat soft, somewhat hard reboot and just confusing everyone. But if they're bringing in big talent like John Cena, maybe they think that that's sort of the ticket to get it right. What you think, Mitch? Yeah, uh, I think that uh, I think that James Gunn's going to do uh, pretty well. I saw like. It wasn't a trailer, but it was like the behind the scenes trailer type of thing that they released uh, for DC fandom. And um, it looks it looks really cool. Uh, There's a lot of a lot of characters. And I know he's a good enough director to be able to handle a lot of characters uh, for the movie. And I think that, you know, having the TV show spinoff could turn out to be pretty pretty well yeah i'm not exactly sure what what it's a like i'm not familiar with the character as much but uh he's kind of like interested sorry sorry to cut you off he's kind of like a a punisher type fellow so seeks justice but like logan said peace at any cost so very uh very intense so sort of a that's like sort of the darker lane that dc's been trying to occupy with especially like the new batman and even like the original suicide squad kind of like a dark humor to it what about you logan uh i'm cautiously optimistic i trust james gunn just as you both said um before moving on to the next little headline i'll say that james gunn i think said at dc fandom that peacemaker is essentially Captain America, but douchebag version. So uh, apparently, like he's very colorful at the mouth, very uh, sarcastic. So basically, everything Chris Evans is is Captain America, but complete opposite. Instead of super nice guy, family guy type thing, this is like, like fuck the you, other fuck fan. this, fuck this, like kind of Superman or superhero. So I was gonna say I'm excited. The other- than like the other kind of family guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um, keeping it on that uh, series train, uh, it was announced that Nick Fury is going to be an, another Disney Plus series in development uh, with Sam L- Samuel Jackson reprising his role. Obviously, I don't think they would do it on uh, if uh, uh, Sam Jackson wouldn't do it. I don't think that they would, but I don't see why he wouldn't. I mean, I'm, I assume Disney just gives him the check and he writes what however many zeros on it that he wants at this point um there are no details of the plot but multiple sources say that he is uh he is the main star and that's the only detail possible it's the eighth series that marvel has in the works for disney plus and that's it what do you guys think uh i think it's pretty cool 
I don't know what, like, where they're going to take the show. Like, I, I I don't know. I don't know how it's going to fit into, like, the actual MCU universe, I guess. But I think it's pretty cool. I like Samuel L. Jackson, so uh, I'm looking forward to it, I guess. Yeah. Matt? Yeah, I'm just kind of, like, to echo that sentiment, I have no idea how it's going to, like, fit in. Is it going to be kind of, like, stories from in the middle of the established MCU? Or is it where he was at the end of uh, Captain Marvel? Um, there's just, you know, sort of a few different directions they can take it, especially using Samuel L. Jackson. He, you know, looks great for someone who's been doing it for, you know, however long. So they could really do anything they want with him. Uh, in terms of at any point the uh, the MCU, so the fact that he's on board is is probably good enough. Yeah, I feel what you, you and I agree. Yeah, totally, hundred percent. Same thoughts. Uh, I I trust that he doesn't sign on to do stupid stuff. So I assume, well, sometimes, most of the time, uh, I assume uh, that it'll be good. Um, but I guess we just have to wait. Because we haven't even gotten our first Marvel series yet. So I have a feeling that this one is going to be a little far out. But speaking of Marvel, uh, Marvel officially delayed all of their films again due to the COVID pandemic. I assume they saw the box office returns on a, I guess you could call it, Tenet is, Tenet is a blockbuster. Uh, they saw the box office returns of that and they were like, that ain't going to cut it. Um, so they delayed their movies again uh this marks the first year since 2009 that an mcu movie has not been released in theaters that's crazy um black widow will now open may 7th 2021 a year after it was originally scheduled um black widow's new date pushes back shang chi and the legend of the ten rings from May 7th, 2021 to July 9th, 2021. So we'll get it that same summer. And then the Eternals, which was supposed to follow Black Widow, is moving from February 12th, 2021 to November 5th, 2021. What the fuck? <laughs> A number of other Disney films, including The West Side Story and The Kingsman, were also moved around as part of this shuffle. Um... Yeah, I guess the House of Mouse is exploring different options. Uh, they put Mulan uh, on Disney Plus, obviously, and that made, I think, around opening weekend, $50, $50 million of people paying. Uh, however, the budget for Mulan was $200 million, um, making it, I think it's the most expensive live-action Disney movie they've made. I could be wrong about that. Um which is baffling to me considering that the Lion King was 100% CGI. But regardless, um, this is the new situation. We ain't going to get a Marvel movie until a year from now, essentially. Uh, or I guess a few months back, May. But what do you do? You guys share the same thoughts as at this point? I think Mitch said something similar to his Wonder Woman feeling um, back when Wonder Woman got pushed back. It was like, at this point, like, I just, I just want to see the movie. My hype has died. Yeah. Do you you feel the same? Yeah, Yeah, I feel the same way. Uh, You know, I, for the longest time, I thought Black Widow already 
uh, came out in theaters, but I was completely wrong on that. Um, <laughs> and it's kind of like, I feel like as many times as I've seen the trailer now, I feel like I've, it's just like, it feels like a movie that I've missed already. So I guess I, I, the hype is really died down for me. Um, I, I, go go ahead. No, I, I mean, I think you guys can probably agree about this too, is like this movie is also like not pushing the MCU story forward either. Like it's before Endgame. So yeah. it's like, like this is, it's as if I'm just waiting to see a spinoff that I just don't give a shit about. Like, like get it over with. She she should have gotten this movie. Pr- they probably should have given her a movie years ago, but they Definitely. realized after killing her in Endgame. Spoiler alert: if you're the two, if you're the one person on Earth that hasn't seen Endgame, uh, it made like twelve billion dollars at the box office. So everybody has seen this movie. Um, uh, that they were like, oh fuck, she was one of our greatest like OG actors. Why don't we give her a movie? and find a way for it to propel the story forward. And I'm sure there's an end credit scene that hints towards something or whatever. But I mean, Matt, did, did you have any different thoughts? I'm just glad that, uh, I don't know. I the one thing didn't quite uh, pan out how they expected so that I'm not shelling out 30 bucks for every new movie I want to see for like a, mediocre new movie experience i mean it definitely sucks to have to wait but i'd rather spend that same amount of money you know getting a couple tickets and the whole in theater experience with the snacks and stuff versus just paying money for my own dinner and and then uh watching it just at home this is a this is a fun question. Do you guys think that Mulan would have scored higher on your list if you would have gotten the in theater experience? Because like watching that movie at home, like regardless of how big your TV is, whether it's forty inches or eighty inches, like there's still that nothing compares to like watching a movie in the theaters. Like I can't imagine seeing Tenet like for the first time like on video on demand at home. Like, do you think Mulan would have scored any better if you would have gotten that immersive experience? If it was um, my first uh, post-COVID movie in the theater, I think it might have gotten a five out of five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I think I think it, it's different when you see a movie in theaters because um, you get like the the whole experience. So. Um, yeah, I, I it's possible I might have given it maybe a four out of five, but I I don't know. I I, I just I could I didn't really like it that much, but that's yeah. Just <laughs> after after watching it and letting time pass, I was like, you know what? That wasn't good. <laughs> they really could have done a whole lot better. I was listening to another podcast. Uh, they broke it down and they were like. Why does this movie exist? It took everything good about the original and was just like, see ya. Like, we're going to do yeah. our own thing. You can't hate them for trying to take a new direction, but you you got to keep some of the OG stuff that made the original good. Like, that's, that's, it's whatever. We're, we're, we're past Mulan. We're, <laughs> fuck Mulan. We're done with that bullshit. 
Um, you know what's not bullshit, though, guys? I've had them twice now in the past uh, four or five days. McDonald's has spicy nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, uh, I have some right here. <laughs> what? This is now where I say that we're sponsored by McDonald's. <laughs> Dude, I, I'm loving it. <laughs> These nuggets will not only give you a spicy taste, but they will give you spicy diarrhea. Um, they're good. I'll say that. Um, I'm not a huge um Well, that was about to be a damn lie. I'm not a huge McDonald's person. I'm totally I, I love McDonald's. Come at me if you want to. Tell me I'm an unhealthy piece of shit. I don't care. Um it's all true. Uh these nuggets are good, man. Like they're they're good. That's all I can say. I think they're better than Wendy's spicy nuggets. That might be a hot take. All the Keep fast food junkies are going to come at me. Matt, have you had the uh, Wendy's spicy nuggets? I've had both. I had the McDonald's ones on uh, this past weekend. So they were good. I'm not saying they won't. They're not. I think the the overall McDonald's texture of nugget is better. It's got more of a crunch than the Wendy's, but... I think the Wendy's are a bit spicier, and I think that that's that's what I'm looking for. If I'm going, if I'm going for the spicy nuggets, I want the 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 spice to it. I don't disagree there. Wendy's are definitely spicier. These kind of they have like a slow burn. Like you'll yeah. take a bite and initially not feel any heat, but then like as you eat more and more and more, they'll stack, and the heat eventually gets to the point where the, it's hot. But yep. Mitch, have you are you a spicy I, nugget guy? Uh, I've had the Wendy's spicy nuggets, and those are pretty good. Um, but I have yet to try the McDonald's uh, spicy nugs. So uh, <laughs> I, it's it's something that I guess I'll have to try here soon because my brother's telling me that they're good, and you guys are saying that they aren't bad. So I'll have to give it a try. Yeah. Um. I figured everybody right now is talking about for McDonald's. They're talking about that Travis Scott meal, but I feel like the spicy nugs kind of got swept under the carpet because of the Travis Scott deal. But people, they're good. Uh, they're worth they're worth the meal. I mean, here I am two days. I think I think I'm had them on Saturday because I was like, oh shit, they got spicy nuts. Because it's not even like on the menu. It like when I pulled up to the drive through, it was like some special little corner and it said like limited time spicy nuggets and i was like oh shit i'm gonna try these i, I i'm sure they say limited time because they just want people to buy them now i mean yeah they'll yeah. probably have the recipe in the back for the next 50 years Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> next to the szechuan sauce yeah right um, we're talking about mulan as well just gotta just gotta make that link somehow <laughs> <laughs> all right uh so yeah, there, there's no purpose of me talking about the spicy nuggets other than the fact to encourage people to try them. I mean, they're fine. I mean, they're they're, they're McDonald's chicken nuggets. <laughs> That's all you got to know, um, guys. I I I didn't put a fifth uh, hot topic in there just to give room for for us to just like lightly discuss like what have we been when what have we been watching lately? Have you guys been watching anything that we haven't reviewed? Or anything on here? Guys, shows that you've finished that are maybe older, which I, I wanted to open this up. I'll, I'll go ahead and go. I've I watched um, 
I, I started watching uh fuck god i knew this was gonna happen i started watching lovecraft country on hbo max uh i'm two episodes in not really sure what it's about to be honest uh it's got monsters and it takes place during like the civil rights movement so there's like monsters and racism i'm sure there's a a tie there somewhere somewhere um it i i hope there is because that'd be really fucking clever uh but it's cool. I mean, first episode, there's like monsters and racist cops. I mean, that's not awesome, but the monsters were. Uh, so, so that's that's been cool. I started a Ted Lasso series on Apple TV Plus that's been getting a lot of attention. It stars Jason Sudeikis, and he plays a football coach, like an NFL football coach, who gets hired to coach football in england and he gets over there and he's like fuck this is not the football that i'm used to teaching and he's like he's like this deep south coach he's got like a big ass mustache on his face he's like this happy chipper southern guy and all like they have this like they just did this episode where they have a suggestion box for the locker room if the players are annoyed with anything about the locker room or whatever oh god matt disappeared uh they have this suggestion box and he was like yeah just throw any suggestions in i'm the new manager i'll 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 consider all of them and he opens up the suggestion box and almost all of them say like fuck you wanker and shit like that so um it's it's pretty funny it's 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 a good laugh um oh i watched what is that noise okay well, uh, anyway, um, I watched all of Euphoria. When, when I say all of, I mean only one season. Uh, but holy shit, uh, really good show. Have you seen it, Matt? No, I, was my uh, assessment last week of saying it was cool teens doing cool teen things accurate, or was I uh, was I off on that? No, uh, you're you're correct, Mitch. The clicking is no longer occurring. You're good. Um, it it was cool teens doing cool teen things. Um, I thoroughly like at the beginning of the show when I first started watching it, I was like, I don't know if this I'm going to like this. It kind of seems teeny boppy or whatever. But as like I kept watching more and more, I was like, this show is dope. It's acted wonderfully by all the kids. Uh, the way that it's filmed is really trippy and uh, almost like psychedelic like um, Zendaya. She just won the the emmy for acting and now i see why she did phenomenal phenomenal she did great <laughs> um uh so i really enjoyed that man i it had been on my list for a long time but uh i just never took the plunge and i'm glad i did because it was awesome mitch i i saw you liked mm-hmm. my tweet when i tweeted out like euphoria is the is the shit have you ever seen it yeah i uh i watched it when it was uh like running on tv and uh, like I watched it week to week or whatever, and I thought that it was really good. Um, the acting's really good, and like you say, it, like you said, like it's uh, very uh, trippy and psychedelic uh, visuals um, in some of the episodes. I probably like every episode because they're like partying in every episode. But Dude, it, it's almost it like an core porn movie t- or two. Like, well, there there's are- a lot of like if that's what high school was like (laughs) 
<laughs> Where the fuck was I? <laughs> I was gonna say, Mitch. I want. I was gonna make the same joke about like, if that was what Briar Woods was like, like holy shit, because <laughs> these kids are like. They're doing like cocaine and shit in like junior year of high school. I'm like, were people doing cocaine junior year of high school? I mean, they very well could have been. Probably. I feel like there probably were people that were like doing some, you know, hardcore drugs or whatever. But (laughs) that it it gets that show gets intense and uh it also, I really like how they they show like the problems with addiction too, um, and that was what really grasped uh, like grasped my attention and uh, that that they show the struggles of addiction with a character that's the main character, and you kind of see her arc the whole entire series and how it, like how like hard it is to like struggle with. Uh, a drug addiction so um yeah it's a really good show i highly recommend it yeah 100 percent agree what about you guys have you guys watched anything that you're currently in the middle of or or whatnot nothing brand new currently making my way through uh brooklyn 99 just as kind of like the every night watch watch a few episodes of that while eating dinner or something so big andy sandberg head i think he's done they haven't all been high art but they've all been highly entertaining uh movies and not as much tv but like that movie that came out earlier this year palm springs really enjoyed that i thought that was kind of like a unique one um kind of put the bug in my ear that maybe give that brother go a shot like you know big of parks and rec all of their uh mike sure properties just finally took the plunge um, and then the other show, older as well, but I never got through all of uh, The Legend of Korra. So hitting that back up um, almost all the way back through season one. Um, and I think you guys talked about The Last Airbender, at least maybe Korra as well on previous episodes. Yeah, yeah, I think I think we've covered it here and there. Great show. I watched that back when it was live on TV back when I was a kid. Um, what not, wasn't a big anime kid, um, not a big anime gay, uh, gay guy now, but um, but uh, but Avatar just hooked me like instantly. I think it's yeah. viewed as one of the best animes of all time. I think um, I know they've done a cu- tried to do a couple live action iterations of it, and it just doesn't translate well. It ain't it. No, they didn't. <laughs> exactly. Well, they don't exist, so... Right, right. Mitch, what about you? Are you watching anything? Uh, I'm currently watching Dark, the German Netflix series uh, about time travel. Is that what it's about? Uh, I've never seen it. Yeah. Yeah, it is about... Uh, you follow, like, these... I think it's like three or four separate families in this town. And basically this town has like a wormhole in it and people start time traveling and people go missing. And, you know, I I don't want to spoil any of the show, but like it's, it gets uh, pretty, you, you start to 
it gets pretty heady, like where you have to like think about you see like younger version of characters to their older versions of themselves. And uh, you're trying to like connect the dots of like all these different decades, basically. Um, it's, it's a pretty good show. And there's only three seasons, I think. I don't think they're making a fourth season. Um, but it's really good. I'm, I tried listening to the German, uh, like them speaking in German and then just having the subtitles, but because it's way too confusing of a show, I switched to the English dub. Um, and that's pretty, it's a pretty good version of the show. So, um, I, I recommend that show, uh, as well. I might I might give that a shot. I've always seen it, but I've just never like taken the plunge. But um, I think maybe the the German, like with the English subtitles thing, always turned me off. I didn't know that there was like a dubbed English version that you could like flip a switch and just be able to watch it that way. So I might take that um, take that recommendation and do something with it. Um, yeah, definitely. I think I'll do it as well. I've heard it compared to uh, Stranger Things, and I can definitely see that that link there, just the, the dark German version. <laughs> well said. Um, guys, let's talk, about, uh, let's talk about a few of the hotter things that came out the past week. We'll start off with a short little Netflix docuseries uh, called The Challenger, The Final Flight. Um, I'll start off by saying that I may not be... I don't know if woke's the right term, but I didn't really know about this. Um, I mean, I knew that there was an incident back in, you know, back in the 80s where a rocket, you know, kind of blew up um, and killed eight people. I think it was seven or eight people. Um, and uh, but I didn't know any of the details or any other backstory or anything. So this was awesome. Like me and my roommates, we binged this like in an afternoon. Like we only we turned the the uh the first episode on in in expectation that we were just gonna uh watch the one but then as soon as it ended we were all like you want to just keep going and it was only four episodes so we we did it in a saturday afternoon i think um so i really enjoyed it i learned a lot i I don't know if you guys know but um i'm a huge documentary guy i fucking love documentaries i love learning about different things especially historical documentaries i love stuff like that so um so this really uh tickled my fancy for lack of a better expression uh what what did you what did you guys think of it uh i thought that it was really good um it it is uh something that i didn't really know that much about either uh but I mean, I knew like the gist of it, but I didn't know that there were multiple uh, flights from the Challenger rocket. Like, I thought that it was always just the one and the one went wrong. Um, But uh, it was really, really uh, good. And a lot of the footage is really cool to see. Um, Like, I'm curious to know, like, how long that took them to, like, find all that footage and some of it looks high quality so um i don't know it 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 was good it was good yeah well said i agree the footage um 
really sad too. Like I didn't realize the yeah. the impact. Like I, I talked to my parents after I watched it. I was like, "You guys got to watch it," and they're like, "Oh, we already did." And my mom was like, uh, "It was along with along with nine eleven and like the O.J. Simpson thing and all of those other historic like U.S. events. Like it was one of those things where everybody remembers where they were when it happened." type deals um and she said it made a huge impact like that's all anyone talked about for like weeks and weeks and weeks um because you know they finally said like we finally have it safe enough to be able to take a teacher up there and then of course that flight perishes and she passes away along with the other astronauts so yeah matt what'd you what'd you think yeah so i full disclosure i only watched two of the four episodes and really echo what you guys said about just like the period footage, just painting a really good a picture about what the space program was and the highest steam it had. Um, and just the point where I got to, they were just sort of, uh, they hadn't gotten to sort of the actual event itself. And, but they were doing a really good job of connecting the threads of what all went wrong and sort of how all the storylines um, converged. But yeah, I thought it was really well done and I'm definitely, I'm definitely going to finish it. Um, and then the, yeah, just the, all the um, professionals that they got, like, you know, the runner up that was supposed to be the teacher on the shuttle had um, the one they selected not made it. Having her as like an interviewee was really powerful, um, as well as all the other NASA commanders and whoever that they were able to talk to. So just like we were saying about high score and uh, the social dilemma, like Netflix, these Netflix docs are just getting incredible funding to get these great people to just give us some really good information. Yeah. I thought it was really powerful interviewing the spouses of the people that passed. Um, that really is, that was one of the moments where I was like, this is a fucking good documentary where they I mean, I'm sure it's the last thing they want to talk about, right? Like, especially in the time of when it happens, like for the next like few years of your life, everyone's always going to be like feeling sorry for you. Oh my God, your husband. Oh my God, your wife passed away uh, in this horrible tragedy. Um, and then for them to come back so many years later to talk about it again, uh, it, it kind of struck a chord. It was, it was, it was cool to see. It was good on good on them for coming out. And doing it so yeah i'd recommend a watch to this documentary anything else my dudes cool oh cool. yeah very good uh asap ferg my boy matt i know you're i know you listen to this mitch i uh, i'm gonna guess you did not did you listen to this album mitch uh i did not listen to this album i did not have the time to to be able to finish uh the show and the album so i uh, no, uh, no worries there. Uh, I don't blame you. So, Matt, let's talk about ASAP Ferg real quick. Uh, Always ready. ASAP <laughs> Ferg uh, dropped an album. It's called uh, Floor Seats Two. I, I'm guessing it's the sequel to Floor Seats One, uh, unless he just made <laughs> an album called Floor Seats Two, which is just weird. But hey, <laughs> he's he's a rapper. I wouldn't put it past him. Um, What'd you think, Matt? You, you said sure. to me the other day that you're not a huge ASAP Ferg guy or if you've ever listened to ASAP Ferg music. So uh, what'd you think going through it? 
I thought it was pretty good. I liked how it sort of followed the modern album direction of pretty short. I think the whole thing was like maybe like a half hour, 10 tracks or so. So it moved along pretty well, but there was a, it was pretty, uh, one note, like all the beats and stuff were good, but like going back and listening to it, like a second or third time, I'd get confused. It's like, wait, what's this one? What's this one with hook? Okay. This one has a girl on it. So that's easy to tell which one that is, but just, yeah, not, uh, a ringing endorsement for, for me to explore the rest of, uh, his catalog he what about you he doesn't have a really really impressive uh catalog he's got another album that i enjoyed uh that came out back i think maybe when i was in high school i'm not 100 percent sure but um but it had like one or two songs that got really really popular kind of one of those guys had a song that was really really popular and then he tried to put out more um, and then it's not as well received. Um, so I gave this one a three out of five. I mean, I like Ferg. I like his flow and his style. But like you said, mm-hmm. all of this beats sounded the same. They were nice. They sounded good. The production wasn't shitty, but they all sounded the same. There, this wasn't a, a standout album. This isn't going to get nominated for a Grammy or anything. Like This is just a standard Joe Blow. Like uh, This is what I've been working on during covid album type thing would you say the same yeah one the one cool part was what's up oh no i didn't have anything else there oh sorry there was the cool uh one of the tracks had the uh shout outs from all the nba players i thought that was cool uh you know like a 30 second thing (laughs) but (laughs) beyond that i think that's probably the most memorable part of the album which is kind of uh disappointment when it's not ferg's work himself it's other people uh that he got in it's never never a good look no i agree especially i i probably couldn't tell you in fact i i can't tell you a single song off of the album it was pretty forgettable um <laughs> so uh if you like asap ferg give it a listen if not then you could probably skip this one um you guys want to close this bitch out with uh top 10 video game series Oh, yeah. All right. I'm excited. Um, same as last time, we'll all go through our number 10, all, all going all the way back up to number one, our favorite. Um, and uh, if if needed to talk about it, we will. If not, we'll just move right along. Um, I will start off. Um, this was kind of difficult to make. Um I, I basically just like thought of all of the franchises I know and love and put them in a list and then was just like, okay, well, I play that more than that and that's there because of nostalgia and that's there because I care about the story. So I, I think I got a pretty good list. I'm, I'm never confident in my top tens. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you, dude. Uh, <laughs> I, I struggled on, on this too. Uh, so... But well, that's fine. We can we can roll right through it. Um, I'll start it off. Uh, number ten, uh, Spyro the Dragon. Uh, that is the one that I hinted at for nostalgia. Spyro was a series I played as a kid. Um, all of those games. I bought the remastered trilogy when it came out on Xbox a few, I think a year ago or so. Um, 
you know, I played the shit out of those when I was a kid, all the way up to when I started playing more mature titles. Uh, so yeah, I, that's there for uh, my favorite series as a kid. I gotta pay it some respects because it's what got it's what got me hooked on video games in the first place. Spyro the Dragon and Frogger were the two first video games I played on the PlayStation One. <laughs> so uh, here we are, five generations later. Uh, with nobody being able to pre-order a console. So, uh, <laughs> Matt, hit me with your number 10. My number 10, it's a bit it's a bit of a... a uh, cheating might not be the right word, but I said specifically Red Dead Redemption. I know there's the old Red Dead Revolver, but I never played that one, so I'm not really counting that. And I guess if they made a third one and they don't call it Redemption, I'd probably consider that in there, so... The Red Dead series starting at Red Dead Redemption 1. Um, just I prefer this one to the, the GTAs. Um, just never got like as much of a serious uh, experience with the GTAs that I did with both uh, Red Deads. So had to uh, had to pay some respects. And it's number 10 because, like I said, there's only two games I'm counting from it. So just doesn't quite have the the lineage to stand up to some of these other series. What you got, Mitch? Uh, I have Madden, the Madden franchise at number 10. Um, It's a game that I seem to buy at least like every five years. And it seems to, to do well, uh, stand the test of time with, uh, I think, I'm trying to remember the the first one. It was on the high score series uh, when they made the first uh, Madden, but I can't remember the year. Um, so yeah, I have Madden. <laughs> cool, cool. Um, my number nine is similar to Matt's reasoning. There was only two games in this series, but I also played the shit out of them uh, growing up. Uh, and this was actually a series that was only on the Wii. Uh, the Super Mario Galaxy games. I uh, really enjoyed those. Really good platformers. They introduced like this 3D Mario platforming that was awesome. They had awesome bass, bo- bass bottles. God, I can't talk. <laughs> Boss battles. Um, really cool level design. You know, everything Nintendo does pretty much like. They have really good. They've always had really good level design and stuff. So, yeah, there's only two of them. I thought that maybe they would launch a third one, maybe for the Switch. Uh, I hope that's still the case. Um, but if not, then I'll have to settle for the two. Super Mario Galaxy. What you got, Matt? My number nine is the Metroid series. Um, I'm one of the few people who would say Metroid Other M is a good game. Uh, I played the ones for the Game Boy Advance. You know until they burned out on uh, road trips growing up. And then when the uh, 3D Metroid Prime games came out on the GameCube and then the Wii, I was all in. I was like the sci-fi. Um, I thought Samus was a cool character. So, yeah, Metroid, number nine. What's your number nine, Mitch? I've got Left for Dead on there. I played the crap out of this game. Um, just, you know, it's a zombie game, just a shooter. But uh, I just remember playing with friends online and uh, just playing the crap out of it. So 
That's a that's a I, good I have one. That on there. That's a zombie game. I think that gets slid under the cracks. But like back in the day when those came out, like those were all anyone played for a while. Like those were really fun. Like you said, to like get a couple buddies play together. Like those were a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, my number nine. Sorry, my number eight is uh, this. Probably should be a little higher up. It might surprise you, but the Halo franchise. Um, really low on my list. Um, again, like I'm never confident in my lists until it reaches like the top five and then the top five, uh, makes sense. But yeah, Halo, um, super fun. I mean, we all played Halo three with Forge and played endless hours of custom games with friends. Halo three is when I got hooked, um, uh, then following like with ODST and Reach and the the, the more recent titles. Um, looking forward to Infinite. I don't know when I'll play it because I might be I might be on the Sony train this time around. At least at launch, maybe Xbox is something I swing around to later on a few years down the line. But as of right now, I think I'm sold on doing the PS5. Just in terms of their exclusive, PlayStation has some fucking awesome exclusives this time around. And Xbox, unfortunately, sorry to say, all they have is Halo. And they're and Halo got delayed until like next year. So it isn't even a launch title. So I'd just be buying Call of Duty and playing it this fall on on the Xbox, which I can do that on PlayStation. So yeah, Halo. Anyway, Master Chief, an all-time game protagonist. Uh yeah, Halo. What you got, Matt? My number eight was one that kind of uh, hit me out of the blue, and you know maybe maybe eight's a bit too high, but it's The Sims, just a good classic uh, PC game. I played the you know not when I was a little little kid, but a little develop still developing, so definitely uh, probably more of a nostalgia pick than a true hours put in. But I think even in the hours put in, you know, building the house, always using the cheats for unlimited money. Uh, <laughs> And just you know, getting abducted by aliens or whatever you could do in some of those later games, uh, just always warms my heart with fond memories. So number <laughs> eight, <laughs> what you got, Mitch? I have uh, the Skate franchise. Oh, um, I played a lot of Skate uh, when they when the first one came out, and then obviously when the second and third one came out, I played a lot of that too and uh you can't you know when when you're <laughs> when you decide not to skate outside but you skate inside <laughs> you skate <laughs> on video games <laughs> i was never a good skater like in real life so like playing the game made made my confidence uh a little bit uh you know a little bit better so when i would practice outside i guess i'd be better i don't know where i'm going with this i've got skate for number eight <laughs> it also oh, rhymes cool. <laughs> yes it does yeah, i was, I was gonna, gonna ask say, if you got the rhyme that. in there oh boy um my number seven um uh my number seven is kind of a cheat um because i put grand theft auto slash red dead redemption I mean, the Red Dead series, again, like to your point, Matt, only two of them. 
uh, Grand Theft Auto. The only ones I really played were four and five. I never played like San Andreas. I'm one of the few that never played Vice City, San Andreas, any of those older ones. Um, and I think about them equally. I mean, I really liked Red Dead Redemption 1. Like, I really liked it. And Red mm-hmm. Dead 2 is a lot of fun. I still play that from time to time. Um, so, so I guess I would just put like the publisher Rockstar in in that slot. They make really good fucking stories. Um, they're really good storytellers. So um, that they're in there for that reason. So Matt, what you got for seven? My number seven is sort of like uh, what Mitch was saying for Skate is a uh, Civilization, the PC uh, strategy games. And kind of the the connection with Mitch is that this game kind of opened my eyes to think like you know maybe try out some uh, some board games like stuff like that. So move from the the digital to the physical, and that's something I still like doing. So uh, sure, the absolute hell out of these the civilization, specifically five. That's my favorite by a mile. So if you ever want to uh, just watch. 14 hours disappear just boot up a new game of civilization five and <laughs> get playing where are you where are you at for number seven mitch i've i've got i've got gta at number seven um but i would agree with logan that uh you know putting both gta and red dead at at that uh spot works for me too because i i played a little bit of red dead revolver when it came out uh, on the original Xbox, um, s- s- that was just a game that I I played uh, because my dad had it. Um, but then I played Red Dead Redemption and uh, not as much of Red Dead Redemption Two. But then switching to GTA, I pl- I played like probably Vice City, San Andreas, like even maybe the second or in first one a little bit, but not very much of them. Like I wasn't even playing like the campaign cause I was like a little kid, but you know, running around riding a bike or, you know, shooting some people, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I would still consider uh, playing uh, somewhat, but GTA five, I played, I played the whole thing through and, um, it's a really good game, so I have GTA at number seven. Well said. My number six and my number five could go either way now that I'm looking at them, but I'll just number them as I put them. Uh, number, sorry, number six, um, Bioshock. Uh, those games, um, there's only three of those, and that's the reason it's number six as opposed to five, but... Uh, Bioshock always really roped me in. I liked the idea of like the plasmids, basically like telekinesis, uh, electro bolt flames, uh, and just that whole concept of like the underwater city with all of its corruption and like zombie people or whatever they were. Um, I don't know. I really liked the Bioshock games. I heard there's another one in development for next gen consoles. So I'm really, really hoping to hear something about that soon. But yeah, Bioshock, love those games. Uh, also good storytellers. Um, basically, all my games from here on up, uh, really good storytellers. So I won't say <laughs> that point again. But uh, yeah, that was my number six. What you got, Matt? 
Well, to go from one with a great story to one with no story, my number six is the Super Smash Brothers franchise. Um, just, you know, all your favorite Nintendo characters coming together and just sort of a really fun and pretty unique fighting system um, that, you know, if you want to absolutely pour all your time into counting frames and learning how to wave dash and do all of that to gain an advantage, you know, not what I'm into, but I like any kind of game that has a uh, easy to learn but difficult to master system. So anytime the me and the lads would be getting together, Super Smash Brothers coming on, we're gonna all have a good time. So just yeah, that's my number six. Uh, Mitch, where where are you at for number six? Uh, I have the Far Cry franchise. Now I played only the second and third. Uh, Far Cry's. I've only played the second and third ones, but I really enjoy uh, those games. Uh, Far Cry Three was the only game, and is the only game that I've like hundred percent complete. So, uh, I I I enjoy the concept behind playing like you know first person shooters, and it's kind of like an adventure game too. You got like side quests and stuff like that. So um, pretty, pretty fun game, uh, fun franchise, uh, kind of similar to GTA in that sense. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Far Cry. I'm pissed. I forgot about Far Cry. Far Cry's games are pretty awesome. Um, my number five is Assassin's Creed. Um. Assassin's Creed, the original, was my first mature-rated game. It took so much to convince my mother to let me buy a game that had blood and gore. Uh, but once uh, I remember trying to convince her, I was like, Mom, it's not like real gore. It's like like it's assassinating people, so it can't be that much blood. And the guy behind the counter was like, there's a lot of blood. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, there's probably close to 10 games now if not maybe more um the new one looks sick uh that'll probably be one of the first games i try to pick up if 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 i get a console um of course as i said earlier with the pre-order madness for both companies like nobody seems to be getting their hands on any um so inevitably, whenever I do get a console, I think Assassin's Creed will be one of those first games. I, I always play the new Assassin's Creed. It's almost like the new Call of Duty. I always get it, even if I play it for two weeks or two months. Like, I always end up getting it because I know it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun as fuck for the first two months, and then uh, it'll slowly die down. But, um, but yeah, Assassin's Creed. Love, those, love that franchise. My... Uh number five doesn't quite hit the uh, same first mature rated game mark because it is a uh, pokemon so a bit different a bit more wholesome but yeah, i was always a pokemon guy growing up uh fell off around the fourth generation and then picked it back up around the fifth when i was older and more mature and was able to uh i actually got into not like in tournaments or anything, but just into like the competitive scene of it, just going on Pokemon Showdown. Any of anyone who's out there who knows is a real one. 
uh, yeah, it's just something that I feel like is a really good template and system, and they've continued to expand and add more stuff in there for, you know, close to 20, probably close to 30 years at this point. So it's got to give credit where credit is due. So, so, yeah, in the top half, Pokemon. Number five for Mitch is? It is Call of Duty. The Call of Duty franchise at number five. Um, I have played these games for many years, and uh, it just seems like they keep getting... I mean, it's the same concept, I guess, per game, but, uh, you know, just point and shoot, but... Uh, they keep getting better. Like the stories get uh, get better uh, with each one. So I I always look forward to the new one uh, whenever it comes out. Like Black Ops, when it comes out, I'll probably be looking at buying that. So um, yeah, I've got Call of Duty at number five. What you got at number four, Logan? I've got the Borderlands series. I love uh, those loot 'em shoot 'em games especially borderlands has that really unique art style and kind of like uh that sarcastic mature humor um you know with the millions and millions of guns that they have in the game the the constant level up system and the awesome boss fights and fun really fun co-op kind of like left for dead i see it in those eyes of really fun solo but like really fun if you get a bunch of people together to play um i've i've thoroughly enjoyed all four installments of this series and hopefully uh more to come took them long enough to get borderlands 3 out so hopefully borderlands 4 comes along a little quicker but yeah borderlands is my number four what you got matt my number four is the god of war franchise um always uh that, that was a tough sell for the old, old parents to get for me back on the PlayStation 2, but, but I think I got it through a friend or something, so they didn't even need to be involved. But yeah, just a really good... Um, I really like the story in them. I really like uh, most kinds of mythology. I think it's interesting. And then just to see one guy just kind of run roughshod through it and, spoiler alert, kind of kill everyone. Uh <laughs> And just always doing it really fun, and especially the one on the PS4, I thought um, was a really good kind of reboot of the franchise as well, sort of keeping a lot of the the core stuff intact. Uh, my number four. Uh, Mitch, where are you going? Uh, I chose uh, Telltale's Batman. But I think I could throw just the Telltale... Uh, game series like all of their games at number four um i specifically have batman because i love the batman games um but they have all like all of their games are really uh well done and i like the animation um their art style is really uh really cool and like you know you're playing a telltale game when you see that like uh art style kind of like borderlands where you see like the cell shading of the characters and you know like oh that's borderlands you kind of see like the same art style with uh telltale um and their storytelling is really good um 
And I also like the choice-based games. They're, the option to play a choice-based game is has always uh, interested me. And so I've got Telltale's Batman series or just the Telltale game series at number four. My number three may surprise a lot of people. My top three um, really, uh, really got uh, some cool stuff. But basically, uh, number three is the Lego franchise. Um, I've always been a huge fan of the Lego games. I usually play every single... I think I've played every single Lego game. There's probably like 15 at this point. Um of course, I think my journey started back with everybody else's Lego game journey with the Lego Star Wars games. Um, the Complete Saga, I think, was my first uh, Lego game. But then continuing with Batman, Indiana Jones, Harry Potter, The Hobbit, Lord of the Rings. It, the list just goes on and on and on. Uh, the games are a lot of fun. Um to Mitch's uh, point of Far Cry 100%. These games are the games that I strive to get 100% completion on, find all the collectibles, collect all of the, beat all the levels. It, uh, I, I love the Lego games. I don't care if that's weird for somebody in their mid-20s to admit. Um, when Star Wars, the, the uh, complete, or when the Skywalker Saga Lego game dro- drops, I think it's supposed to be, either Christmas of this year or early next year, you know, I'm snagging that bitch day one and playing that. Uh, I can't wait. Um, so yeah, Lego games. I, I love them all. Fuck you haters. What you got, Matt? <laughs> My number. <laughs> I, 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 I respect the choice of the Lego games. That's a franchise I wouldn't have thought of, but yeah, that's a big catalog of really, really solid games. Um, my number three is the Uncharted series, um, kind of breaking away from the, you know, they're not super mature, but they're, you know, not uh, Pokemon. So um, I just like that they are ridiculously polished games that are almost like, especially the last one, um, almost like photorealistic. Like you look like it looks like you were watching a movie. Um, and I just think it's just incredibly well designed to give you a very cinematic experience that I think, um, you know, maybe isn't the most unique game, but I think, um, I think when you can get it to the level of polish that, that they do, that's something that deserves praise in and of itself. So yeah, the uncharted franchise looking forward to, uh, any continuations they, they do of it in whatever directions they take it on the PlayStation five. Um, number three for Mitch. Uh, I've got the Splinter Cell uh, game series, game franchise. Um, it is. This is this. The top three was really hard for me. Um, but I've got Splinter Cell at number three. I played probably since Chaos Theory. I want to say on the original Xbox. Um. And then each one after that I, I played. I'm not going to go through the names because they're like <laughs> very confusing names or names that I've forgotten at this point. But, um, yeah, it's a really, you know, playing as Sam Fisher, uh, being able to sneak up and 
you know, flip on the night vision goggles and, you know, just go and kill somebody. <laughs> All my games are like killing games, so I, I just now noticed that. Um, but uh, except for the, my number one. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've got Splinter Cell, you know, just when you want to sneak up and kill some guys and, you know, just <laughs> – I don't know. <laughs> Splinter Cell. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, my number two is a franchise that I really don't think can do no wrong. Uh, that is the Arkham series. Uh, the Batman games that were developed by Rocksteady, um, who is currently working on that new Suicide Squad game which looks really badass uh but yes the arkham games uh i think they came out i think the first one came out like a year after the dark knight came out into theater so they really capitalized on the 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 hype around the dark knight and uh yeah man all of them arkham asylum arkham city origins arkham knight uh a really solid game series there um whenever they released them for remastered and stuff like that i i always snag them and play them all again and it's fun beating the shit out of people as batman i, I mean it's it's really freaking fun it's almost like how i feel about sam fisher like yeah. it's really freaking fun <laughs> to beat the shit out of people <laughs> like it's it's awesome um so the yeah the arkham series uh is a series i will always like hold true uh the best superhero games out there, by the way, also. But, uh, Matt, or Matt, what you got? Number two. Number two is uh, probably a surprise to no one, given my previous one on the list, uh, The Legend of Zelda series. Um, I think it's one that is always incredibly polished. Um, usually don't... Sometimes they accompany the, the launch of a Nintendo system, but usually it's after they've kind of sort of felt it out with some of the other franchises and when they really know what the hardware is capable of, they uh, break out a new Zelda game that's, you know, maybe not exactly what people were uh, expecting. I'm thinking when they released the Wind Waker, that sort of shell shaded style wasn't what people wanted. But then, you know, it, it got a lot of love for just the exploration of it. And yeah, I like that they kind of have a uh, a formula, but it's one they're always tinkering with. Um, like with the Breath of the Wild release, like no one really saw kind of like a uh, go anywhere, do anything kind of game um, with only a few formal full dungeons coming out. So I I picked uh, Zelda since it always seems to surprise, but never never disappoints for my runner up. What you got, I Mitch? Have, I've got Halo at number two. Uh, I loved playing halo i still love playing halo i haven't played it in a while but um i i think i really caught on like after halo 2 like i played a lot of halo 2 and but i think 3 is when they had forge i want to say i'm trying to remember which one had forge in it where you could create like the map maker and you could create maps and stuff like that um but that's when I like really got heavily 
like gaming, I play Halo and just make maps like with my cousin and stuff. And uh, we would play Halo all the time, just map maker. And then, uh, you know, cops and robbers <laughs> uh, and just, you know, classic team death match. Uh, but the campaign series for Halo is also like a seller. Uh, for those games, the campaign's excellent in all, pretty much all of them. Um, and yeah, I have Halo at number two. Very good. My number one is Call of Duty. Uh, I, for the same reasons Mitch basically said, played the shit out of them for years and years and years. They've gotten better for the most part. There's been a few hiccups here and there. Um, but for the most part, the games have gotten more addictive, more fun, especially with the addition of Warzone with the free-to-play thing. Uh, really smart on Call of Duty to capitalize on the Fortnite um, like free-to-play buy cosmetics like a uh, universe. Um, yeah, uh, COD's always been something special to me. I've always, just like Assassin's Creed games, like I mentioned earlier, I'll always get the new COD, even if it sucks. Yeah, you know, it's it's fun for that first couple months at least. I mean, like Mitch, I'm I'm also hyped for the new Black Ops. It's gonna have zombies in it again. We love a we love a a, a zombies Call of Duty. Um, so yeah, Call of Duty. Uh, the campaigns have over the years gotten more they've really put a lot of money in their campaigns making them either really realistic or they'll hire like a big name actor to portray either the hero or the villain i think a few years ago before he got canceled kevin spacey was the villain in a call of duty game as well as a couple other celebrities i forget the ones off the top of head kevin spacey's the first that comes to mind unfortunately but uh but yeah we got uh, call of duty <laughs> what you got matt what's your number one my number one is the uh, the Mario series, so I'm counting that as any sort of like the Mario, like the platformers, not like the party or the cart. But you know, if you do count that, then it's only number. It's number one status is only cemented. Just a huge catalog of of games, kind of all doing sort of the sim. Like like I was saying with Zelda, doing similar things, but always finding new ways to uh, do something new, like playing you know super mario 64 for the first time kind of like blew my mind how it just you know the nintendo 64 controller was so weird looking but you kind of just put it in your hand and somehow the controls for that game like just worked perfectly you know i only have two hands how am i supposed to hold hold this thing um but then yeah when you were talking about galaxy earlier i was you know just getting excited just thinking about the uh remaster of 64 uh super mario sunshine then galaxy that's coming to the switch so i think that's probably going to be my next purchase so maybe that's why uh you know this list is sort of cemented in time uh as just my my top 10 uh at this moment but yeah number one the uh the main series mario platformers what you got mitch uh i've got uh got nhl you know, some good old, some good old Chell. <laughs> At number one, uh, you know, I'm a big hockey guy, so uh, 
I love playing hockey, uh, video game or in real life. So, um, definitely got to have that at number one. I think it's the one sports game that gets better every year. Uh, and it's probably the only sports game that I buy pretty much every year. Um, because it's constantly getting upgraded. Uh, and you know, it's, it's fun. If you, if you, if you, I always say, if you like playing FIFA, it's like FIFA, but a little bit more intense and not as big of a field, but, (laughs) uh, like it's, uh, and it's obviously on ice, but, uh, definitely, uh, yeah, I've got chill. At number one. They should market the next NHL game as, if you like FIFA, well, this is like FIFA, but on ice and with a stick <laughs> and with helmets. <laughs> and it's cool. There was our top uh, 10 video game series. It was a really good list. I like that we were all div- uh, pretty diverse. We had some similarities, but... Uh, but yeah, had some good discussion there. And that was episode 139 of the Binge Boys podcast. Like I said at the top, go follow Binge Boys on Instagram. You can follow all three of us uh, as well. Uh, our social handles are in the description. Follow uh, Watchdog Media on Instagram and Twitter for updates uh, both uh, on both platforms there. Make sure you've left that rating and review. I've, I've been saying on all of my other pods that uh, that we, we really need to uh, we, we, we need to get those reviews up and uh, if they do you know I'll do the wop dance uh, the, the popular TikTok dance uh, currently sitting at 25 ratings on the binge boys see what we got on uh, one of my other ones, uh, 33 ratings. Hey, two more ratings and I'm doing the WAP dance. So <laughs> rate and review guys. That's all I'm asking for you. That's all I ask. You get to listen to a podcast for free every month and I get to, or every week and I ha- get to ask you to rate and review. That, that's all I want. So with all that said, I think it's time to bounce. Farewell, fellers. Peace. See you, Logan. Music's playing now. <laughs>